You went all in. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it was fun. Mm. Truthfully, honestly, like hand to God, it was the most fun. Like every single day I wake up and I'm like, what are we talking about today? What am I doing today? People are like, oh, how do you post consistently on Instagram? I'm like, like the things you're talking about. It's hard to then not to. It's hard to then not to connect with your community. How do you stay consistent on YouTube? Because I want to talk to my community. I want to talk about what's happening. Mm -hmm. I find myself pulling back to take breaks is much harder them pulling me towards making content. And once I found that leaning in towards content was exactly my happy place, I was like, I am all in, I will figure it out. Going full time on YouTube and building your channel to over 100,000 subscribers. Today, I'm gonna interview Emily Baker, a YouTube content creator and lawyer. And we're gonna be talking about the three ways that she was able to build her YouTube channel, going live and building her community. My name is Heather Torres, and I am the host of the Think Media Podcast, the number one podcast to help you grow your YouTube channel and then turn that YouTube channel into a high profit and a high impact online business. And each and every episode, we love to bring you some of our favorite brands who are partnering with us here on our podcast and on our main channel. And today I wanna talk to you about Podcastle. If you're gonna start a podcast this year and you want to be able to conduct interviews, Podcastle might be the right solution for you. You can share a link with up to nine guests and they can immediately start recording using their own computers. There's no extra equipment or downloads required. With each guest in their own locally recorded studio quality tracks, editing is a breeze. You can split, trim, fade, and arrange each track to your heart's content. Then you can use PodCastle's AI-powered Magic Dust tool to automatically sweeten and equalize the mix so it sounds amazing. You can invite, record, edit, and polish all in a day's work with PodCastle. You can start recording your podcast today. Just go to podcastwiththink.com. If you are brand new to this podcast, I want to welcome you. Thank you so much for being a part of what we're doing here at Think Media. And today we're going to interview Emily Baker. Now, let me tell you a little bit about who Emily is and then jump into today's episode. Emily is a licensed attorney for over 15 years who breaks down the legal side of pop culture and news stories we all want to talk about. She hosts a legal commentary show that helps you understand the law with humor, curse words, and creating a thriving community called The Law Nerds. Her channel is over 200,000 subscribers and 20 million views with some of her most popular videos being over two hours long. In today's episode, we're gonna be breaking down exactly how she did it and some exciting news is that Emily's actually going to be one of our speakers at Grow With Video Live this year. I'll tell you more about that after the featured content. Emily, I'm so excited that you're on the podcast today. Thank you so much. I would love for the Think community to really just hear your story and how you got started on YouTube. Absolutely. I started on YouTube when I was going through health problems. So Mm -hmm. I was having um, health issues and back surgeries. I was still working as a deputy district attorney in LA and I started doing tech content because that's the community on YouTube that I really enjoyed and I wanted to be like a tech tuber. I was like, I want to talk about iPhones and I want to talk about all the things. And I started creating video content just around my phone and then around kind of the struggles I was going through. I I might've done a few like unboxings, some like what's in my bag. They were very popular in like 2017. 2018. Yeah. And as I transitioned away from the DA's office, I transitioned into working with online business owners mm-hmm. as a legal consultant. I'm an attorney. I've been an attorney, gosh, 16 years at this point. 
And when I was doing that, I started creating content that would be like a library or an mm. evergreen place where when people ask me questions, I could be like, oh, go here. And that was my podcast. It was really geared towards entrepreneurs in the online business space and the legal side of it, what's going on with independent contractors and how do you hire people and all that stuff. And then as 2020 hit and the podcast was doing well and my clients were like, oh my God, everything is crazy. I'm not at school with my, like my kids aren't at school and I'm homeschooling and distance learning and I don't know what's gonna happen with my business and really stopping doing business. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, where where do I wanna spend my time? Cause mm -hmm. then I had a choice and it was really content. I loved the podcast. I missed doing YouTube content. I had been struggling to find where YouTube matched with like my business. Like mm -hmm. where's YouTube with your business? And I was like, I just miss creating content. And so I started taking what I was doing on the podcast and really expanding it to talk about legal stories because mm. I loved talking about legal stories and nobody in my immediate life wanted to talk about that. They're like, I don't care that Kanye West is like putting his music contracts on the internet. Like who cares? And I'm like, I want to talk about mm -hmm. it. And so I started talking more and more like legal commentary. That's not really what I intended. I just wanted to be like, oh my God, this is crazy. And then things kept happening. Um, stuff happened on YouTube. I started talking about Toddy Westbrook's multiple lawsuits. Things were happening off YouTube. Erica Girardi and Real Housewives um, with legal drama and indictments. And it just blew up from there. But it was a really interesting path of tweaking it to find where it fit. But I always loved creating content and coming back to that and then really dialing in where it fit in my life made my YouTube channel now the number one thing that I do. So I went from Los Angeles County Deputy District Attorney to lawyer for online entrepreneurs to full-time YouTuber content creator. Oh my goodness. I, I hope this encourages the listeners because one thing in that story is one, it didn't happen overnight. No. And two, that you actually started because you wanted to be a tech tuber. Yes. But really your skill and your passion and what you were really, really good at was the law. And yeah. like, how do you bring that into the space that you were on? So interesting, you said you started your podcast first and then your YouTube channel. So even like getting your feet wet in content creation in a different way, and you were like, I'll keep this over here and I'll be a tech tuber over here. But actually melding the two together was where the magic happened. It is, and that's where I really shifted because I felt like YouTube, and I took YouTube way too seriously. Like I took YouTube very seriously. Like the lights have to be perfect. My edits have mm. to be perfect. Sound has to be perfect. Where my podcast, I treated more like a conversation mm. and it felt so safe to be able to just turn on a microphone and sit and talk. Mm. And I had a couple friends say, can you just do that on YouTube? And I was like, no, it must be perfect. And they're like, but you're putting out content mm -hmm. once every three months, like drop it being perfect and just do it. And that's when I turned to live streaming. Cause for me, live streaming bridged the gap between just sit down and talk and it has to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And that's when my content shifted away from like tech and purses in my life into the stuff I was doing on my podcast, which was really legal analysis and legal commentary. So good. Okay, we're going to get into three tips. But before we do, we are two YouTube entrepreneurs uh, in this space. Yeah. And I want to really talk about that getting started, exactly what you just said about your friends saying, do this on YouTube, and you thought it had to be perfect. Now, one of the fears that I had coming to the platform was, I'm just a normal girl yep. and I don't wear makeup more than I do wear makeup and you know, those types of things. Did you decide when you came to the platform what you wanted your image to be on the platform? And then we'll get into the three tips absolutely, of how you no, grew. Absolutely. Let's talk about this for a it's second. Because it, it matters. I mean, it was one of the things that was frustrating as a district attorney. When you're in jury trials, how you 
are perceived by people that you don't know is a very big part of your case. Are they gonna be put off by me? Do I look tired? Do I look not put together? Do I look frazzled? Do I look authoritative? And so I had to do that in my legal prof like professional career and I was worried about that on YouTube, too, because, again, what I loved about doing a podcast <laughs> is messy bun, mic on, go for it. Yes. And I decided to pull that into YouTube, mm -hmm. too, because I know I'm not going to put on makeup every day. I have two kids. It's not going to happen. I like being on Instagram, and I had done Instagram reels and lives there. And so people knew my face without makeup on, without mascara on, with my hair just pulled up or wet. And I wanted to carry that onto YouTube. And while there are days that there is makeup and hair. Mm -hmm. Looking are, good today. They can't see you on film I mean, right now. It looks good today. There are so <laughs> many days. There are so many days that it is not makeup and hair. And it it's because I didn't want, A, I didn't want there to be an expectation. But B, I wanted my audience to know that wherever they are, it's fine. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, it's real life. And there's times I go live because things have happened and I don't wanna wait to go live to talk about something because I have to go and get ready. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be ready to film. Mm -hmm. And when I was breaching the gap between the perfection or the perfection I felt YouTube needed, appearance and getting ready was one of those big things mm -hmm. that I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this and it's going to be sustainable, I have to be comfortable going live. And that's whatever your comfort level is or whatever level of makeup you want to wear. If you're going to just go live in mascara, do it. I've done it. It's fine. Yeah, I, that is what I love to encourage our community because that is that is a, a piece of what we're doing. You know, yes. our appearance and what we're doing. I mean, video does matter, but at the same time, I think that's what people love about YouTube is kind of yeah. that raw, that kind of especially you going live, that feeling of like we're friends and yeah. we can we can hang out on the porch with a glass of wine and yep. just kind of hang in our jammies and we're gonna have a chat. Yeah, we're gonna we need to talk about it. We're gonna have a chat because if you really are like, oh my god, this just happened, I want to talk about it. My, I don't think my audience is like, oh, Emily's looking a little tired today. I think they're like, oh my God, what's happening? Yeah. And I needed to I needed to break that down for me too, because again, I had spent so many years treating YouTube way too precious mm -hmm. and being so worried that every video wasn't gonna be perfect that I was like, you know what? It doesn't have to be perfect. That's me. Mm -hmm. That's me worrying about it not being perfect. That's my own judgment. I've never watched a channel and been like, oh my God, that creator looks like this way or that way. I wanna see their video uh -huh. and I wanna see what they're talking about. I, I don't judge that. So why do I think other was would judge me on that? And if they do, they're probably not my ideal audience anyway. Mm -hmm. I love that point. And let's get into some of the tips. So you grew your channel. Uh, walk me through the journey because you're not brand new to YouTube. No. You've been on this platform, trying different things, experimenting, trying to figure out what your it thing was. And uh, walk us through kind of that journey of you started, you were growing, now you are at uh you know over almost two you're almost at two hundred thousand almost at probably 200, <laughs> yeah when they're listening to this at two hundred thousand walk me through the journey though of um, how you've been pivoting your channel absolutely so when I started on YouTube uh, it really I was still a district attorney and I was looking for community and I loved the tech space and I wanted to talk about it because again people at work didn't care mm -hmm. like uh, getting my first iPhone was life changing to me I was like. It's my first iPhone. So when I started on YouTube, my first video was in like June 2015. Fast forward to October 2020, Kanye West is on Twitter releasing all of his legal documents. And I'm like, oh my God, like these are hundreds and thousands of dollars worth of contracts. Nobody gets to see like behind the scenes like this. And I recorded like a vertical video on Instagram and then uploaded it to YouTube. Kill me now. It's a vertical live stream from Instagram on YouTube, but I did it. It was like, fine. I mean, I might've had a friend going, just upload it, just upload it, it's fine. 
But I was sitting around 4,000 subscribers at that point. And that's when I started going live because I was like, I don't have time to read all these documents, then film a video, then edit it, then get feedback from my my customers, my audience, and then go back and recreate another video to answer all those questions when I can just live stream. Mm -hmm. So I started live streaming in October 2020 on YouTube. At the end of October, I remember on Halloween celebrating with my kids that we had hit 5,000 subscribers and I was stoked. And then a case I was covering took off in November and we grew like 55,000 subscribers in November, which was insane because my live streams went from, you know, 30 people, 50 people, 200 people, 300 people to 3,000, 5,000, 7,000. And it got fast. Like I was like, what's, I need moderators. (laughs) Like I've never had moderators in my life. Like what do we do? Uh (laughs) And so the channel took off in November and kept growing. And we, I just kept making content, kept going live. And we hit 100,000 in May. That's when I dyed my hair purple Mm -hmm. um, because I had made a joke on a live stream. And when you make a joke on a live stream, you better be ready because your audience (laughs) will hold you to it with video evidence. They're like, you said it 100K. (laughs) You're dying your hair purple. I'm like, I did say that. We're doing it. And it was really fun. Um, A lot of my community also dyed their hair purple. I got tons of photos. And, you know, I didn't... my creator journey didn't start until my late 30s. I'm in my 40, early 40s, early 40s mm-hmm. now. And you don't have to be, you know, a 20-year-old influencer who can dance to create a career on social media. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things my audience love. They're like, we love that you embrace who you are. You're a nerd. You make jokes. You Stuff comes into your head and you say it. You talk, I talk about being ADHD and dyslexic because I read things wrong. Because mm-hmm. everyone who's been ADHD and dyslexic knows reading out loud is like, right, me. terror, terror. <laughs> reading out loud is terror. Yes. Like my all of my third grade trauma of like, can you read out loud? And I'm like trying to read ahead to figure out where I'm going to be so I can read it a few times before I have to read it out loud. Now I read legal documents out loud on the internet. It is what it is. But I tell my audience, like, look, this is why I will mispronounce things. I will misspeak. Um, And they love it because they're like, I'm like you being you makes me feel good being me. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, yes, I don't want to tell you what to be or how to be or how to think. I want you to know that you can just be you. Mm. And that took me 40 years to learn. And I wish I had learned it a little bit faster. Wow. 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 Is all I can say. I'm (laughs) dyslexic too. And I I have to read off the teleprompter. And every time, every time, every time I'm like, am I going to mess this up? And I, I do. I do. I mess it up all the time. It's okay. And um, I love that I have a fellow creator that understands the struggle of, you know, not being able to do those things. Actually not, not being able, but being okay that it's who we are. It's, it is. And that is just how we are in producing content. So, So, okay. And I wear the glasses I wear for those that mm-hmm. w- have watched my content. My glasses actually help with my light sensitivity and dyslexia. So there's times people come in and they're like, is she wearing sunglasses? And my someone in the law nerd community will be like, actually, those are Emily's Erlen lenses and she wears them for this. And people will be like, wait, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know that was a resource that might be available to me too. And that's why I don't, you know, people are like, you could get contacts. I'm like, no this is who I am and this is what helps me. So it just is. The few people who are like, oh, that's weird, they can go. Mm-hmm. Bono has Erlen lenses, they're red. It's mm-hmm. great. So, and I share it because if you share with your audience, they can share their experiences back with you and the amount of particularly women um, that have been diagnosed with ADD in their 30s and 40s have reached out and been like, I understand my kids better because both of my mm-hmm. kids are also ADHD. Mm-hmm. I understand my kids better and I understand myself better. And I wouldn't have known if you hadn't shared. Mm-hmm. And that's how we learn. We share. 
Yeah. Wow. And so with that, one of the tips or one of the ways that you grew to a hundred thousand was by going live. Yes. And a lot of people are scared of going live. It is scary. I mean, if you get started, I'm used to it now, but yeah. at the beginning I would mess up so much and I'd be like deer in the headlights, but you're just flipping on the camera and going live. So yes. let's talk about that. And you're not going live for 10 minutes or 15 minutes. <laughs> Emily oh, is no. like, grab your popcorn, <laughs> grab your soda, grab let's, let's get your down. dinner. Let's do the whole thing. Get a whiskey. Because yeah. they're like two hours, three hours yeah. long serving your community live. Let's talk about why you decided live. And I know you said a little bit because of just kind of time, but really this is a strategy that you've kept with as your yes. channel's been growing. I love live streaming. And I don't know if it's because of my background as a trial lawyer, but even in high school, like I loved Model UN. I did Model UN and it was very, there's live feedback. And that is something that energizes me. And I really want to know if my audience isn't understanding what I'm saying in a legal document. I know real time, because I'll see it in the chat, like explain this, explain this. I'm like, oh, I didn't break that term down. And I can just do it in real time to make sure that my content is helping my audience understand what I'm explaining. But also it's just a lot of fun mm -hmm. uh, to live stream. And I take, I take it I don't, I take it really seriously. I have a whole formula for how I live stream, but it doesn't feel as formal to me mm -hmm. to just flip on a camera and live stream. I will misspeak. Um, I will be like, oh my God, I said this and it's this. Like there was a time I, I said something was like, oh, it's like $300,000. And they're like, Emily, that's just 300 million. And I was like, oh, but I don't have to go edit back a video. Mm -hmm. I can just fix it in real time. And I love connecting with my community in that way. I also love seeing them connect with each other. Mm. And I can see like them having conversations in the chat, which doesn't bother me because when I'm just doing content, I'm not looking at the chat because I'll get distracted and I'll live stream for five hours by accident. I did four once and I was like, my moderator's like, Emily, it's been four <laughs> hours. I'm like, oh my God, I'm sorry. <laughs> we all have things to do today. But it really was a way for me to break through my own perfectionism and not worry about it and to get the content out faster. Mm -hmm. And I, I love live streaming. And people really give grace in live streams. They know that you're live and your audience gives grace. They're not expecting something to be highly produced and perfectly edited. They want to hear you. Mm -hmm. And I treat it I mean, when I look at live streaming, I really do treat it like a like a concert. Mm -hmm. The thing I hate most in live streaming, people do this all the time. You know what I'm going to say? They get in and they're like, "Hey, uh -huh. just going to wait for a few more of you to get in." Look, uh -huh. look. I have never been to a concert where the band comes on stage and looks out at the seats and is like, "Hey, there's a few seats there empty. I'm going to wait for them to sit down and then we're going to get started. I'm just going to we're just going to chat here, make sure everything." looks good. All the people that are there feel so disrespected. They're mm -hmm. like, what, I'm not important enough? Mm -hmm. I My live streams start when they start. Like the second I'm live, we start. Yeah. Everybody will just come in. They don't need to be told to come on in. It's fine. Mm. I hate it so much. That is so such much. a good tip. <laughs> no, it's such a good tip because that that's one thing we're like, and even for the replay value yes. of that live stream, you don't want 10 minutes of you talking about your day and your cat and your, you know, oh, we'll I wait. I do do those things. I do sometimes do those things yeah. too. But, but. I chapter my live streams. Yeah. So if you don't want to be here for the welcome where I'm telling people what we're going to cover, mm. um, what the topics are, if there is a little story, I will tell them that. But part of that is for me to get into my content mm -hmm. and chat with my audience. And also some of it's because I love seeing where they're coming in from. And so we have it where they know that my content goes like that. Yeah. But also I don't play 
I don't play a 30 second countdown before I go live. I don't play my intro at the beginning of going live. I go live and I start talking. Mm -hmm. And then I chapter it for the replay because the replay value on live streams is huge mm -hmm. if you do it right. Mm -hmm. so, if you don't do it right, people are like, huh. <laughs> yes. Off. Yeah, yeah, and and that is that's just understanding how YouTube works is really good. Now, you I want to go back because you said you were making this type of tech content and then you switched into what you were doing on your podcast, brought it to YouTube, and one of the ways that you grew was by doing what we call here at Think Media, trend surfing and influence surfing. And really you were covering from your legal perspective these types of um of cases, is that what yeah. you would call them? these types of cases. Now, here's the thing that someone's going to say. Well, someone's already doing what I'm doing. There's other lawyers on YouTube, right? Yes, there's plenty of other lawyers on YouTube. There's lots of them. There's a whole LawTube community. And then there's, you know, big lawyers like Legal Eagle who mm -hmm. do this stuff on YouTube. But there's only one Emily D. Baker. Yes, and <laughs> you love pop culture. You yes. love this type of thing. So you're bringing those two things. So one of the way, ways you grew, how do you decide what you want to cover? What? How, how did you know that you're like, I actually do want to go down this road of Kanye West and um, name some other of people that Britney you're- Britney Spears, yes. Real Housewives, Josh yes. Duggar, Toddy Westbrook. I love pop culture yeah. and it's, the thing is when, I, I go a lot by feeling and how I feel about content. If it's a story that if, if you called me up and were like, Emily, this, and I'm like, girl, yes, and this, uh -huh. that is content I want to cover. If I read the story and I'm like, mm, I don't like any of that, mm. I don't want to talk about it live multiple times. I don't want to be asked questions about it live. So when I started narrowing down what I was doing, I will cover some kind of more traditional hard news topics that are legally related, trials that are going on. But I pick things that I can help people understand and evaluate and decide for themselves. Mm -hmm. So if the media is all reporting a particular trial one way and I see it different because I'm watching what's happening in the courtroom, that I'm like, there's something I can help bridge the gap here on. Mm. But I love pop culture the most. So I talk about pop culture the most because that's what I'm excited about. And when you know, People Magazine or ABC or Insider reaches out and I was like, can we talk about this? I'm never like, ugh, another conversation about that. I'm always like, yes, please. <laughs> I want to talk about this all the time. Like if we started talking about Jen Shaw right now, we uh -huh. would be here for another hour. We'll do that when we're done with the podcast mm -hmm. because I love the stuff that I'm talking about. And that's how I choose. Yeah. It's what excites me because I know there's others out there that want to talk about it as well. And it lets me be a resource for other content creators too, mm -hmm. because there's plenty of content creators talking about Bravo. There aren't a ton of lawyers. There are a group of us, but there aren't a ton of lawyers talking about Bravo. So I can now be a resource to bring the legal understanding to the pop culture stories that it's like, oh my God, but they said this on Twitter and they said that. I'm like, yes, and in the court filings, it said this and that. And that lets me collab with other creators too, mm -hmm. which is really fun because mm -hmm. I'm not competing with anyone. If you want to watch hard news legal, go do it. If you want to see highly produced legal that's like law school and it's going to be like, well, it came from this case starting back here, go watch legal legal. There's, it's great. There's graphics. There's, you know, shorts. None, none of my stuff is short. Yeah. <laughs> Don't. yeah. If you want to deep dive into Britney Spears's conservatorship. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. And I think it's so good for content creators of all kinds, even coming from professional backgrounds, knowing that you can put your own spin on it. And yes. that one of the ways to do that is by trend surfing, is by influencer, influencer surfing, if you're into that. You know, like for me personally, that is a hard thing for me to get into because I, I'm like, what are the trends? What are the influences? But you tell me to teach a specific skill and I'm right. like, I got you, I can do that. Yeah. So every content creator can come to the platform and do their own thing. And I love that you've really carved out this space. And one of the things you've done with carving out the space 
is creating community. And I think that a lot of content creators undervalue how important their community is. And we were talking before the podcast how um, content creators are like, how can I be everywhere? And actually your strategy I think is really key of how you even grew to 100,000 beyond 100,000 and now opening up, um, you know, opening up an entire business world into what you're able to do on your channel. So let's talk about that a little bit. Absolutely. Tell me how important community is. How did you develop your community and what are some tips for some people? I'm gonna forget the third one it's by fine. the time we get yeah. there. You're gonna just have to come <laughs> back and remind me because I, I love talking about my community. Um, community's everything. Mm-hmm. Community's more important to me than subscriber numbers than any of my analytics. Mm. If my community is doing well, I am doing well as a creator because my community is literally my happiest place to be on the internet. And I think that's what gives people hesitation about going live is they're worried about being trolled. They're worried about being harassed. And for creators, for all different kinds of creators, um, that's a real concern and a real fear. And it does happen on platforms. We've seen um, even recently, large streamers get harassed mm-hmm. and people get, you know, yeeted off of Twitch because of it. You don't want that experience. And it's really uncomfortable live to be like, what's happening? This is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But when you build a community, it weeds it out. Mm-hmm. If I see somebody starting to troll, my community will either ignore them or will alert my mods and be like, hey, we're seeing these comments, they're trolling. And then they can just be excused right off of my mm-hmm. live stream. So I don't ever feel like if I'm going live, I have to worry about, oh, what's somebody gonna say? It's not a concern. Mm -hmm. And YouTube gives such great tools for that. You can do subscribers only mode. You Mm -hmm. could do members only mode. Mm -hmm. You can really control how you stream. And community is a big part of that because they take on your values Mm. as a creator. And so we have rules for my live stream. And people have come on and be like, why do you have so many rules on your live stream? I'm like, do you see what a pleasant place this is to chat? This is like an AOL chat room (laughs) circa like 1997. Yes. This is what this chat is like. This is not Thunderdome in here. If you want to go have a Thunderdome chat, go to Twitch, have fun, insult each other all day long. That's not what we do. And that's not what I want as a creator. And I love it because I see it not just on YouTube, but I see it on the way they engage on Instagram and on Twitter as well and in the comments as well. So the live stream becomes an event because people want to talk to the other members in their community. Mm. They're not just there for me live. Mm -hmm. They're also there to talk to each other. Mm -hmm. I would rather be in a few places and keep my community than be everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, if people are like, oh, well, you you did this and you did that in your moderation, I'm like, then you're not the right subscriber for me. I'm not after subscriber numbers. Mm. I'm here to build the Law Nerd community and they named themselves the Laundered Community. I was gonna ask you that because we still haven't quite figured out what our community name is, and and I love that they named themselves. That's yes, amazing. That is not, it's not what I would have, I mean, I don't know what I would have chosen, but my podcast had gotten renamed, but it had been uh, the Get Legit podcast, and so it was like Legit Crew, and the crew, as it shifted, because it was about business, owners becoming legit. But as that shifted, the law nerds are like, but we're not here to get our businesses legit. We're here to talk about the tea in these filings. And I'm a giant nerd. I mean, I have Star Wars tattoos. I am a massive nerd. I am a fangirl of multiple fandoms. I have like TARDISes in the background in my my YouTube videos. And most of the people that came were like, no, I'm a nerd too. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know I was nerdy about law. I knew I was nerdy about Bravo or nerdy about, you know, this or that and they named themselves on a live stream. They're like, no, we're the law nerds here. And I was like, you are, you are the law nerds. And now if I stream anywhere, I will see them pop up in the chat. We use purple hearts Mm -hmm. after the purple hair and I will see them pop up around the internet. 
I know when the Lonards are in the building and wow. they will let everyone else know when they're in the building too. That is amazing. And not even just like you've created a community, you've created people who literally like love you. No, we've gone like fandom. Yeah. Like we're beyond community into fandom and I love it. Like I feel like I'm part of the fandom too. Mm -hmm. Like a like a supernatural fandom or like a Doctor Who fandom. We are a fandom yeah. of Lonards. Mm -hmm. And I love that because now when they see things that they think I'm interested in, they will send them to me on Twitter. So mm -hmm. when you look at, oh, how do I know what people are talking about? When you have a community, they will tell you what they're talking about and mm -hmm. ask you to join the conversation. It takes all the stress off of it. Law nerds, should we talk about this or should we talk about that? And they're like, this, mm -hmm. perfect. So you good. know you're creating the content that they want. Yeah. Because they, if you build a community, they will tell you what they want. So, so good. So if someone's getting started on YouTube, I love how you said the numbers actually weren't what you were after. And you can tell because this has been a journey for you. It wasn't like yeah. you came to YouTube, stress out, trying to figure it out. You were like, I'm going to make this perfect. And then I'm going to learn that it doesn't have to be perfect. And you yeah. go through this journey. But if someone's just starting, because I think building community is such a huge piece. It's critical. What did you do? I know it's just who you are also. I think it's part of your intuition to just be really friendly with people and 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 really uh, uh, have people in your world. But what would you give advice to new YouTubers who need to build community like you have? You have to decide what you want to be a part of. Mm. And I was trying to build what I wanted to be a part of. And that started at, I wanted to be a part of TechTube because I was still a lawyer. I couldn't talk about lawyer things, but I wanted to have conversations with people about the things that I was interested in. Mm -hmm. And so I think for new YouTubers, I see a lot of people trying to be like, oh, should I do a gaming channel? Do you like gaming? Well, no, but these are growing. Well, if you don't like it, mm -hmm. don't just chase what's trending on YouTube. Chase your curiosity, chase your passion, chase what you want to talk about. And you will build a community that also wants to talk about that. I have a friend, I think Sean has met, I don't know, have you met Warren from Octonation? No. So Warren from Octonation runs the world's largest octopus fan club. Octopus? Octopus. Fan, like octopus like in octopus the ocean. Octopus in the ocean. Got it. Hundreds of thousands of followers across social media. Awesome. Because he's a nerd about octopus. And yeah. he was like, other people should be nerdy about octopus. They're amazing. They do all these things. And I was like, octopus. Yeah. They, and they have a, their community is insane like tattoos insane in a good way mm -hmm. but tattoos and uh their own kind of language and mm -hmm. their own merch and it is a fandom mm -hmm. around octopus mm -hmm. there is room for anything you want to be a fan of you want to be in the fanfic community perfect mm -hmm. there's people for you so lean into you as a creator don't mm -hmm. just chase oh this is what's you know beauty's hot on you well Beauty's kind of on YouTube right now, but beauty's hot on YouTube. So I'm going to do beauty tutorials. Mm -hmm. No, mm -hmm. not unless that's what you love. Mm -hmm. Build a community around what you love because there are other people out there who love it too. No matter how niche it is, you want to you create goat like a goat farm in your backyard. I guarantee you there is a community for it. Yes. You know? Yeah. I say um, in my new book, I say uh, when you're picking your thing, uh, remember when you were in high school and there was lunch tables? <laughs> And like you knew, like the jocks were there, the nerds were yeah. there, like you knew, and that's kind of a stereotype, but it feels like that, No, right? I sat with the band kids. I right, was the band. band kids, exactly. We had a I, wall. I was actually yeah. with the cheerleaders, random, I know, but but uh, when you go to YouTube, your people are already sitting at the lunch table having the conversation, and now you just get to join them yep. in the conversation, but you gotta pick your table. Yeah. I think that's the thing that people try and do is they try and sit at too many tables, and you're like, no, no, no this is the law nerds and we are here and we are talking all about this and they really start to get into the community aspect yes. of it. And you don't have to be afraid like with within 
law and pop culture, there is so much. And that's one of the things that helped my channel grow is I get to tap into other communities too, but I knew where I was. Mm -hmm. I break down pop culture, legal stuff that everybody's talking about that are topical. I'm not going back and doing true crime because there's tons of people that do true crime. And my audience is like, hey, are you doing true crime? No, I don't do true crime. Uh I am doing the legal in the pop culture sphere that is happening currently. Mm -hmm. If you're gonna set yourself up though for current events, just beware. Sometimes it will derail your plans. You're just like, oh, that's popping off today, wonderful. Which is really actually kind of fun because I get energized by it. But it allows me to say, this is what I do. But then pop culture can be Bravo. There are tons of Bravo creators that just break down Bravo, the shows, what people are saying on social. But now we can chat about the legal documents Mm -hmm. or the Duggars, the Duggar community and the Bravo community are two very different communities, but he got indicted and got prosecuted and we can have a conversation about what that prosecution's like. Mm -hmm. Same with Britney Spears. There's a whole free Britney community. There's some crossover with Bravo, but not always. And we can have that conversation. So it allowed me standing in where I was also allows me to be a resource in other communities. Mm -hmm. And that's the same with teaching YouTube. You can teach a tech tuber or a beauty YouTuber or a homeschooling YouTuber or a knitting channel Mm -hmm. And, and it allows you to be like, I am here, but it pulls the spokes into the wheel. Yeah, yeah, so good. And then lastly, uh, I wanna wrap up with this. You went all in on YouTube. Yes. And I think that when people move from the dabbling into, no, I'm gonna dominate this. I'm yeah. gonna be the number one lawyer on YouTube. I'm gonna be the girl. I'm gonna do yeah, the I'm thing. I'm everybody's favorite. Legal Legal still has more subscribers. <laughs> I think I have more of a <laughs> fandom. Yeah. It's okay, Devin, don't worry about it. <laughs> but you went all in. Yep. Let's talk about that decision to go all in because it's a big deal to say like, I could be doing this professional thing over here. I could be in the courtroom. I could be, you know, um, counseling businesses or, or consulting with businesses. Yep. I could be doing that. I'm going to go all in on YouTube. And again, our age also is like, you're a YouTuber? Like, yep. you know, that, that, yes. yes. <laughs> uh, but you went all in. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it was fun. Mm. Truthfully, honestly, like hand to God, it was the most fun. Like every single day I wake up and I'm like, what are we talking about today? What am I doing today? People are like, oh, how do you post consistently on Instagram? I'm like, like the things you're talking about. It's hard to then not to. It's hard to then not to connect with your community. How do you stay consistent on YouTube? Because I want to talk to my community. I want to talk about what's happening. Mm -hmm. I find myself pulling back to take breaks is much harder than pulling me towards making Mm -hmm. content. And once I found that leaning in towards content was exactly my happy place, I was like, I am all in, I will figure it out. And my husband's like, I remember we were driving um, my oldest to school and there are these beautiful country roads because we moved from Los Angeles to Tennessee and I love Mm. the country roads. So we're driving to school and he's like, okay, so you want to narrow it down because it's like law is pretty big and I really didn't want to talk about at the time, mostly politics, like uh, there's Mm -hmm. lawsuits over elections and all this stuff. He's like, you really want to narrow down to pop culture? I'm like, yes. He's like, what are you going to do when you run out of stuff to talk about? I need three of me to talk about everything that's going on. And it was just funny sitting there going, no, there's, there's enough. There's enough people that are interested and there's enough. And YouTube is more, I mean, lucrative than my legal career was, but I also chose to work for the government. So there's (laughs) that, but it's been freeing Mm -hmm. and it's been the most fun. And so when my days are filled with joy of like, 
oh my God, I get to talk about this. The most stressful part of it is when there are too many things going on at once, narrowing them down. Mm -hmm. And that's when I end up with a four hour live stream and my moderator's going, what have you done? I'm like, okay, I couldn't pick today. Mm -hmm. It's like, how do you pick your favorite child? I'm talking to all of them today and that's it. We're gonna be here for four hours. They're like, you could just stream multiple days in a row. I'm like, no, we're here. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. And that's the hardest part. But it was really, it was, it's fun. Mm -hmm. And YouTube has been a great place to grow. The monetization has been great. The advertisers love being able to advertise on both my podcast and on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Memberships on YouTube are so easy. As my channel started to grow, people are, people ask, can we do members only live streams? I'm like, I guess we need memberships. Wow. We'll do that. And then that grew. And then they were like, can we do even more? I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. let's go to Patreon. And then it was like, hey, can we get that on a shirt? And I'm like, oh, we have merch now. Okay, great. We've got merch now. And and everything grew with the input of my community. Mm -hmm. And it takes the pressure off. Mm -hmm. Ask your people what they want and they will tell you. And then do those things mm -hmm. and then show up. So, so good. I could keep this conversation going for so long. Yes, and I talk quite a lot. <laughs> I'm excited because you're actually going to be one of our speakers at Girls Video Live I'm this so year. I'm so excited. So if you want to get more from Emily um, on the podcast or in person, you definitely need to come to Growth Video Live. It's happening in May 2022. We're going to be here in Las Vegas. Yes, I can't And wait. it's going to be an epic uh, time. You definitely want to get there. And Oh, come on, let's get the legal yeah. nerds there. I'm gonna, the law nerds definitely. <laughs> oh, sorry, need to law come. nerds. The law nerds always want to know yeah. where can I see you in person. This is where there we, we go. might have to be like, ooh, law nerd meetup. We'll mm. talk about it, law nerds. We'll talk about <laughs> it. But I'm gonna get into more about the how mm -hmm. I did it, like the strategy behind that. When you're like, yes, but how? Mm -hmm you got to come to growth video for the yes but how yes so bring your questions to growth video live but before we end emily i just want to say thank you for the work that you're doing on youtube thank you. thank you for stepping up and stepping out and just being yourself and thank you for creating a community that has a place to love what they love too you know yeah. i think without those spaces online um people sometimes feel alone and i think what you've brought to the platform is fun and entertaining but also educational and just your heart that you pour into your community is just really awesome to see so thank, thank you. you for being you um thank you for bringing all of you and i cannot <laughs> wait for them to get to see more of what you have at growth video live i can't either i love being well, you know i love being live <laughs> live in person is on another level and i cannot wait so, so thank good. you for having me and thank you for having me at growth video live well, I hope you liked that interview with Emily Baker. And let me know if you're watching on YouTube, what other content creators would you like me to interview here on the podcast? I love being able to bring amazing content creators like Emily here on the podcast. And if you have questions, let me know down in the comments if you're watching on YouTube or if you are over on Apple Podcasts, you can rate and review the podcast. You can leave your questions or you can let us know what was your favorite episode over there. And when you do that, you're actually helping us get this podcast into more people's ears. And I'm so excited to announce that we're actually in the top 25 of marketing podcasts in the US. That's such a cool accomplishment and it's all thanks to you. So if you have not already rated and reviewed the podcast, I would love for you to do that next. Every single week, I love to read one of the podcast listeners who have done this already. And today is Rising Suns 89. Rising Sun says, advice and insight is unmatched. Wow, thank you. Uh, it's been 
I've been listening to this podcast for almost two years now, and I finally started my YouTube channel a few months ago. Trust me, the advice and insights they offer is truly unmatched. Thank you, Think Media. Well, Raising Sons, I will make sure that our entire team sees this because we wanna celebrate you for finally starting your channel. This is such a huge accomplishment. Stepping outside of your comfort zone and making it happen is so amazing. So congratulations on getting started on your podcast. And if you did not hear, Emily Baker is going to be one of our speakers this year at Grow With Video Live. You can get your tickets right now at the early bird pricing if you're listening to this podcast when it's released. You can go to growwithvideolive.com to see Emily and all of the other speakers that we have for those days. I cannot wait to see you in person in May at Grow With Video Live. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe if you're over on YouTube or if you're listening over on Apple. Make sure that you know when the podcast is coming out every single Tuesday so that you can listen when it's released. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time. Did you hear that Grow With Video Live 2022 is back in person? This is your opportunity to network with like-minded people just like you, to make friendships, to make business partnerships. This is your opportunity to get in the room. You can get your ticket now at growwithvideolive.com. They're going so fast, so make sure you get your ticket right now at growwithvideolive.com.